According to the Cambridge English Dictionary, trauma researchers emphasize the resilience of the human psyche. Resilience meaning the ability to be happy or successful again after something difficult or bad has happened, or the ability of a substance to return to its usual shape after being bent, stretched, or pressed. Welcome to A Rose from Rubble Radio On Demand, where there's no good, bad, right or wrong opinion, and no discussion is off limits. A Rose from Rubble Radio is primarily about resilience in the absence of perfection and the knowledge we gain from the hard knocks that we've endured or are trying to avoid as they relate to life, love, relationships, and making a living. And I am your host, LaToya L. Spencer. Greetings, family, and welcome to the Arose from Rubble Radio Show On Demand. I am your host, LaToya L. Spencer. I want to thank you guys for taking time out to listen to the show. I ask that you will please be advised that this show may contain adult language as well as adult subject matter, and it was not created for children. Uh, This is episode four of the Arose from Rubble Radio Show, and the topic this week is accountability, and I thought that I would start out by saying a quote by the great Maya Angelou. Uh, We do what we do according to what we know at the time. And when we know better, we do better. I chose that quote because it epitomizes what accountability is for me. And that is when I know better, I try to do better. The question is, is do we go back and correct the mistakes that we made when we thought that the information that we had was correct at the time? Do we hold ourselves accountable to the extent that we make amends with the people that we might have affected with what we believe to be right or true at the time? Uh, what do we do in our relationships in that aspect? And how do we make amends with our children when we've raised them? under the guise of what we believe to be the truth when we learn something different? Or do we apologize? Do we correct the behavior? Are we able to humble ourselves enough to redirect ourselves to the extent because it can be damaging if we don't unlearn and and apply that new information? So that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I wanted to share some of my personal experience with things that I, I've had to unlearn and things that I'm still in the process of unlearning, especially in regard to my history and my history as a black person, as a, a black woman, which I'm, I'm still on the fence of whether I want to be classified as black or indigenous. So we'll, we'll keep that open for right now. However... I no longer classify myself as an African-American woman because I am not from Africa. I was born in America, and it is my understanding that a lot of things were manipulated to come up with that term, and I just don't, that I'm not comfortable with it now that I understand the history. And I suggest that you do your history so you can find your comfort zone. I'm not here to judge that. I just know what's right for me. As I was saying, uh, accountability and, and how important that is for me, I have to think about times when I wasn't holding myself accountable. I, I didn't hold the people around me accountable. Of course, I couldn't hold them accountable because I didn't know what, what it was. But I will say my biggest revelation 
that resulted in change had a lot to do with accountability uh, and learning better and then taking responsibility for where I was at the time. And coming to that conclusion was very liberating because I think when you hold yourself accountable, what other people actually think about you does not matter as much because you've been in the trenches with yourself. You know, you've been in those dark places and you've done your work and you know that you learn that nothing is more important to you than figuring you out. So, you know, if you're willing to go and do that work, then nobody can really tell you much about yourself. You know, it's not that they can't make observations from from the outside looking in, but you don't care as much because you can accept that you fall short in certain areas because you are very well aware of your weaknesses as well as your strengths. When I think about accountability the most, I think about my ability to be accountable for my actions toward my family, the attitudes that I take on based on how I might be feeling about certain things. Now, when I think in terms of accountability, I ask myself, how did I come to the conclusions that I've come to as far as making decisions in my life? that'll affect the outcome of myself and my children. Where did I get that information from? What was it from sources that have the character I look for or the character that I'm desiring to develop within myself? Or is it questionable? You know, I'm saying that because I realized that I've never questioned much of anything. Like all my life, all my belief systems came from my family. The things that I saw and their behaviors. I developed my spirituality through the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. I think that's important for uh, you guys to know so you can understand what I mean when I say the universe and things. Like I wasn't raised as a Christian per se like most people that I know or Baptists or, you know, I, I don't mean in that. I believe in a power that's greater than myself could restore me and my mind. And my dad was a recovering addict. I learned about the 12 steps through him being in recovery. If if I seem like I'm being casual when it comes to saying God, just for future references, God to me is a God of your understanding. You know, I believe that we all come here with a purpose. And I believe that the God that's in our lives is the God that we call him and we believe that he, she, it is based on who it is that we are meant to be at this time on this earth, period. So I respect everybody's beliefs and everybody is entitled to whatever it is that they believe. And I, I respect that. And I ask that you respect my beliefs. And that's that. So I'll say religiously speaking or, you know, I, I really resonate with scripture as far as, you know, scriptures from the Bible, and I do believe that they are truth. However, I believe that the Bible is more of a science tool, more so than to be taken literally. Like, people literally try to take scripture and build their lives around that. And I think it's difficult to live up to that because... You taking it literal rather than figurative. I think it's just a guide, and I think that it's clues involved in that information that you can use to to help guide you. 
However, it's written, it wasn't written by God per se, and it wasn't written by Jesus per se. It's a count of those entities in there, but from the perception and perspective of other people who lived during the time, just like we living during the time. So the question is, will it be another Bible eventually? What are we believing and why do we believe what we believe? And I think it's important for us to think about that and think about the sources that taught us our beliefs. I think that is very important. And I think that we should question everything rather than question nothing. And now that I am questioning everything, I'm getting a lot of answers that I can't say that I was necessarily ready for. But at the same time, my life would not be the same and my understanding and my evolution process wouldn't be the same without that realization. So do we question and do we examine the characters of the sources and the information that we are taking in? And if we not, I suggest that we start. How do you know that it's true? You know, how do we know that it's true? And I don't know about you, but when someone is saying something to me about anything, if it resonates with me, it's just because that's something that's within me that I already had that information and already had that understanding and they just enlightened or, or revealed it. You know, that's, that's my thought process in that regard. So when it comes to accountability, I think that's huge for us to start taking responsibility for what we choose and to believe and the information we ingest. You know, where is it coming from and who created it? You know, and one of my biggest revelations in that regard was the school and education and the state of our children right now. Like a lot of us parents, I, it's a, it's, I have a lot of neighbors with kids who they, you know, we get to the suburbs just as a people. You know, I was taught, my grandma used to tell me that they can't take your education. They can't take your education, whoever they were, which I know, you know, what she meant. But, you know, I don't feel like they could take anything from me because I don't feel like they actually gave me anything. And I'm choosing not to look at it like that right now because I'm responsible for my education. And I think a lot of the ways of the old, a lot of the concepts that, my grandmother had and uh, were things that her mother taught and things her mother taught. But when we look at the lifestyles that the generations before us lived, did they live in a way that we actually want to live? So that means that we need to question the belief systems at the same time because they weren't able to achieve what they may have aspired to achieve based on what it was that they believed. So we might want to think about whether we want to adopt those same thought processes and those thought, those same beliefs as it relates to creating our families and building upon our own legacies. You know, when I think about a lot of the things that my grandma used to say, that might have been right for her, but they weren't things that I want to take into the future. And and then I this it wasn't a lot of information that will really work for me right now in this day and age with what it is that we actually deal with. And dealing with the, the, the educational system is huge because that's where all all our training comes in. You know, and, and, and are we questioning that? Like when we think about our ancestors and we think about the people that went before us when we complain about how the kids are acting and our ancestors and and they fought for us to vote and they fought so we could sit on the bus in the front of the bus and all of those things that absolutely happened 
And and what are we going to make happen after that as a result of that? And now that that's not our fight anymore, what is our fight? You know, when, when we think about Dr. King fighting so we can go to school and we could be viewed and considered as equals and, and how we still fighting for that. And my question is, is why? You know, I'm, I, racism totally exists. But at the same time, in my mind, it's like I'm not really trying to fit in with anybody that doesn't want to fit in with me. Like, I'm really not. When I look at my people, I see beauty. I see strength. I don't let the media with the violence, and I'm not saying by any means that it does not exist because it absolutely does. But I do believe that we can only speak and lead from the clarity of our experience and we can only be walking, talking, living, breathing examples. We have to apply what we know and apply what we've learned, not continue to perpetuate those cycles by running from it, but changing ourselves so we can be an example for the kids and the and the generations that are broken. You know, we have to be prepared to lead in such a time as this. And, and I, I, I honestly believe that it's necessary for things to be disrupted like this because it's causing us to become more conscious. You know, if, if we think about what we're dealing with, when we look at the news, or we think about the food, we think about the media, we think about all those things. And when we think about social media, you know, it could be viewed as a bad thing and it's taking us away from our families. But we got to look at the revolution that's actually taking place. And we have to look at the, the way we can congregate and get together and share information and how much history we actually have access to that we otherwise didn't have. And we have to govern ourselves in regards to how much we're going to participate. But it's definitely necessary. That's not a loop that you want to be out of. How do we use these resources for good? How do we use these resources for accountability? And I think that is first with change and, and holding ourselves accountable for the part that we're going to play and the example that we will set as individuals. Because when we shine our individual lights, collectively, we can brighten a whole space. And, and, and when, I, when I view my people, I see beauty. Our civilization as black people did not start with slavery. And, and we keep dwelling on that because that's what they want us to dwell on. They want us to look at ourselves from the perspective of scarcity and inferiority. That I don't believe that to be true. I'm, I'm not trying to fit in. I'm not trying to get along with anybody or anything that does not want to get along with me. We can create our own space if we just change our thought process about what it is that we need to be successful you know, they telling us what we need to be successful with the media and the news. What's important, what you got to have, what you got to drive, where you got to live. So you could be this or so you could be that. If you change your thought process about that alone, then you could change what your perception is of success. And if you change what your perception is of success, then you'll be able to change what it is that you see when you see people without certain things or not living the way you living or doing the things you doing. We have to change our perception about what's important and, and, and use our minds collectively. You know, when I see my people, I see beauty. I see confidence. We came from kings and queens. We got to go all the way back. If we're going to talk about history, we, we got to go way back further than slavery. This started with our people. Everything we touch turned to gold. Anything that we involved in, 
it, it, we take it to the next level when I look at, at, at black people as a whole. So I'm, I'm not, I, I refuse to look at everything from the, the, the beatings and all that, that, that stuff. That's not new. It's not new. It's just, we, we seeing it now and we supposed to see it because it's supposed to make us angry enough to not want to co-mingle if that's not what is desired on everybody's behalf. You know, all, all people are not bad, but to stay silent about things, whether you black, white, or green all over, is to perpetuate that behavior. So the question is, what part are you going to play? And, and what are you doing if, you know, I don't know, you know, what everybody's situation is, but if this is true for you, then you know it. And if it's not, you know that too. But I know we're making this transition to the suburbs you know, we think that we are bringing our children to get a better education when, and, and they separate the kids in the classrooms, you know, and we do have to ask ourselves if just 50, 60 years ago, it was illegal. We had to fight to go to school with people of a different race or white people. Why would they educate us to be free? Why, why, why are we so gung ho on sending our kids to these institutions and these schools, which are all and I mean all, even the historically black colleges and universities, all of it is a business. And, and we need to make business decisions. And we need to look at ourselves as far as if we are parents that graduated from these facilities, whether you went to a historically black college or whether you went to any college, what did you really know? And are you free or are you still paying student loans? You know, we have to look at things for what they really are and pay attention to what's really going on right now. Is it, is it really necessary to go to college? I, I didn't make my son. He'll be 21 and he's still figuring it out and he's still at home and I'm not in a rush to put him out. Well, I am, but I'm not. Let me be truthful. You know, I wish he would, but it's not because I expect for him to know everything at this age because that's not real. I want to give him an opportunity, which is what we ask other people to do all of the time. But I want to give him an opportunity to get it because I know plenty of my peers that came home from school and still are not employed in the field or still lacking the understanding that we we living in a globalized society. What do we think these free trade agreements are about? What do we think the jobs being shipped to other countries? What do we think all of that's about? You could be working right here in America and your boss will be in another country. So if your kids are away at a school, if, if they're not able to academically com compete globally, what are you doing? Aside setting them up for failure, to be educated enough to build somebody else's company up, then what are we doing? I, I can only speak from my experience, and I get that everybody is not meant to be an entrepreneur, nor does everybody have the desire to be an entrepreneur. But I think that I'm being real when I say that the only way to become wealthy, which is what we all desire to do, you have to create something that's going to make money while you sleep or you're going to be working a job just over broke, living paycheck to paycheck. And as soon as that company go down, you're going down with the ship. You're going down with the ship. And if we don't take responsibility for putting ourselves in that position, doing what we did according to what we knew at the time, and we put our kids in that same situation, then what are we doing? So I had to, to, to take responsibility 
for what I was going to correct in my behavior and what I would go back and tell my children, putting the expectations on them to get A's in school. You All you see all on social media is, is my baby got A's on straight A's on his report card or her report card? And who the hell created the greatest system? That's the question. They got all A's in what? How is that going to be beneficial when you think about your education and you you just roll your school tape back? And you think about the things that you learn and how you've applied that information in your life and be real about it. You know, how much did they really teach you? How much are they really teaching your kids? And and and, and from my perspective, and I'm just being honest, I, I I did attend college for two years. So that's equivalent to an associate's degree. And it was beneficial. But it taught me about being a person. It didn't teach me a skill. And, and and to be honest, that's not why they created the school system. If we do our history, they created the school system after the Industrial Revolution because there was so many people getting hurt as a result of working in the factories that they created, the assembly lines that they, they created, and they still grooming our kids to work. That's why they created education, so they could learn how to work these machines, and they could teach them how to be followers. And right now, all we're doing is creating followers on different levels. If you got a degree, you a manager follower. You a, you a supervisor follower. You 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 still following. And and I'm not saying that to to beat us up because when we know better, we do better. Not at all, but this is about awareness. This is about being real with ourselves and paying attention to what's going on and what we the position that we setting our children up for. When we we not willing to go back and unlearn what we what we learn to be the truth and find our real truth, find out our real history. You know, where we really came from and how we inherent kings and queens. Everything we touched has always turned to gold. You know, everything that we do will start with confidence, being confident in who you are naturally, inherently, knowing that you're beautiful and not because of the way you look, but just because you was created to do something great. And that in and of itself is beautiful. Knowing those things and being able to speak that, live that, breathe that, be that, a matter of factly. We have to speak life into our children. We have to lead by example for our children. And that means correcting our behavior, righting our wrongs, and, and swallowing our pride and being able to do that. And and that will mean unlearning what you thought to be truth, telling yourself the truth, and then redirecting your family. And when I think about accountability, that's what it's about. It's about holding myself accountable to the extent that I don't mind going to a dark place to find the truth because the truth is what's most important, not my ego, not swallowing my pride, not shedding some tears because I found out I was wrong. Oh, woe is me. No, get yourself together so you can save a thousand. You just won. It's about the sacrifice. And being able to be a walking, talking example of the truth or what I believe to be the truth at the time. But more than anything, being an example that's willing to change, take responsibility for what I didn't know and showing my kids that so they can always be in a place where they are evolving and they are taking responsibility for their actions. You know, what do you what do, what do you think about accountability? How does the how does accountability show up in your life? And what does it mean for you? Because it's different for everybody. I'm just sharing, you know, some of the things that I've learned on my journey to becoming accountable 
for who I am and who I desire to become and with the understanding that that might change and being okay with that and being able to shut my ego down and my pride down and take responsibility. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. Or, you know, what, whatever the situation called for. Humility is basically what it's going to call for. It's going to call for us to be humble enough to be able to take responsibility to say when we wrong and to right our wrongs. So that's what I would like to know. Like, what does accountability mean for you? Please inbox me. Send me an email. I, I'm taking suggestions. I'm taking questions. I do plan on. I would like to integrate a question and answer segment during the week where you could send questions and I answer, you know, from my perspective. You know, if that's something that you're interested in. I love you guys. I look forward to talking to you again next week. I ask that you remember that A Rose from Rubble Radio is sponsored by A Rose from Rubble Life Professional Fulfillment and Relationship Coaching Services. For a detailed description of my other services or for more information on my personal story, please check out my website at www.arosefromrubble.com. Thanks for listening to A Rose from Rubble Radio. Rose from Rubble Radio. Rose from Rubble. And you want to know more about me? Check me out on the web at www.arosefromrubble.com. Or you can join my private Facebook group at A Rose From Rubble. You can also follow me on Instagram at A Rose From Rubble. Remember, family, this show is about you. The whole purpose of the show is to create a community amongst us where we can support each other. If you have any show ideas or would like to be a guest, please let me know. You can email me directly at latoya at arosefromrubble.com. I would really appreciate your feedback. And also as a disclaimer, I would like for you to know that I am not a trained counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, or therapist of any kind. I'm a certified life professional fulfillment and relationship coach.